Welcome to the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and we got an awesome show this week. Two for the 77 like Lucas, so close to the pin you can measure with rulers. Automatic like the cat and computers, the squad equipped with them sticks, shooters, try for the dough. All right, so we don't have many releases this week, but I have had an idea for a show for a while. Now, with the season coming up fairly soon, it's time to start preparing for the upcoming season. This week, let's get your equipment ready for when the weather warms up. I'll take you through my steps, hopefully they work for you, and we can get through the rest of this winter together. Alright, before we get started, let's do what we always do here and talk bourbon of the day. This week, bourbon of the day is the increasingly hard to get Weller Special Reserve, or the one in the green label. I've seen it called Baby Pappy, and if you can get your hands on it, I highly recommend it. It's not expensive, and it's made with the same mash bill as Pappy. So same ingredients, everything there. Aged just a little bit uh, shorter amount of time. So definitely recommend it. Now, go pour yourself a cocktail, grab a cold beer, heck, even a glass of water, and let's talk golf gear. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about dewintering your golf gear, getting ready for the next season. These are my steps. They may not all be applicable to you. You may not want to do them. You may already do them. But either way, these are my steps. These are the things I do to get my clubs ready for the upcoming season. Um, So let's just jump in, start talking about it. First thing you're going to want to do when you are – preparing for an upcoming season is you're going to want to analyze your bag, right? I did that this year. I used my Arcos stats and things like that to really hone in what I needed to one work on from a golf swing wise this winter, but also try to figure out what is right and what is wrong with my golf clubs. So one thing I noticed this year, for example, was that I was getting pretty good distance with my Cobra speed zone, but I just, I wasn't happy with the performance out on the course. Right, I was getting good numbers in terms of distance, but I was not as consistent as I normally am. So a big miss for me is is right. Okay, I hate missing right. For the longest time, I had this big, weak push slice. Heck, even just a push altogether, it didn't even slice. I just came in with an open club face, and it just right to me is bad. I don't like the way it doesn't look right to my eye. Uh, it, it looks like a bad shot to me and, and my eye. And with that speed zone, um, with the non-standard extreme, just the regular speed zone, I was seeing more of the right side of the fairway and of the rough. And so to me, what that ended up doing was causing me to come really inside, really flip my hands, really turn over a lot. And that was leading to snap hooks, right? Which those aren't good either. So what did I do? I went out, I checked out some drivers, and I ended up with the Ping G410. Uh, plus edition, right? I tried some of the new stuff. I looked at some of the new stuff and I ended up getting a new driver because I wasn't happy with how it looked, how the ball flight looked despite the stats being okay. I also didn't do so hot with my wedges, right? I played a couple of different wedges this year um, and I just wasn't happy with the performance of them. I was missing greens from a hundred yards in and when I was hitting greens, I wasn't hitting them with any kind of consistency. I wasn't hitting it close. I wasn't knocking it stiff, anything like that. And so I wanted to maybe get a new wedge of 58 degree. I was, 
I was noticing I was losing some spin, especially around the green side, things like that. The the wedge was two years old. It was probably time for a new one, right? They tell you to get a new wedge. Tour pros do it every four weeks, right? Every three weeks, however often. Uh, most of the time you should, you can look at replacing a wedge after a year if you use it a lot for practice, things like that. And it was just kind of time for my 58 degree. My 54, I didn't change. I don't use my 54 around the green nearly enough. I didn't hit enough full shots with it. Could I probably get a little bit better performance with a new 54? Absolutely. But am I going to go out, spend $130 on a new on a new um, 54 degree? Not necessarily. But I did for my 58 degree this year. So definitely go through. Maybe you don't like your putter, right? Maybe you look at your putts per round and, and you don't like the way it is. Or uh, maybe your irons are starting to get some brown spots in the sweet spot. Maybe your irons are just starting to, uh, maybe they're old, right? People keep irons for a long time. Maybe they're 10 years old and you're wondering what other technology is out there. This is the time to do it. Analyze your bag. All the new stuff has come out. Really go through it. Sit down, open up a notepad, and really write down what you liked, what you didn't like, what you um, preferred. What are you looking for in a new club what performance gains are you looking for? Three quarters of the way through last year, this winter even, I decided that I just didn't like my fairway wood for whatever reason, right? My M5, I didn't like it. I just, it. I was starting to hit bad shots. I was starting to top it. Um, I just wasn't hitting the ball very well with it. And so I got rid of it. I sold it and I got a Tour Edge CBX, right? And I liked it okay. I wasn't hitting it any better. And I didn't really like the sound of it. Just a personal preference. It's very high-pitched ting noise. And the thing I loved was about my M5 was the sound. All the carbon fiber on the crown of that club just made the sound that was just magical. This, this thwack noise. And I loved it. And so what did I do? I went out. I traded in the CBX. Got myself a new... Um, a, a, a new M5, put a different shaft in it, took it out to the range, changed up my swing with it a little bit. I'm liking it. So overall, I've changed almost the whole top end of my bag and then the very bottom of my bag. I like my irons. Even though my stats with them aren't great, I do love my irons. I love the way they look. I love the way they feel. Everything just feels right with them. It, it's just the right thing to do to keep them and work on my swing rather than get new irons. So after you analyze your bag, this next step is going to sound like I'm sponsored by this company. It's going to sound like I am going to, um, like they're paying me money to say this, but I absolutely am not, have any affiliation with them except I'm a customer. If you have a PGA Tour Superstore near you, go buy the $100 membership. The $100 membership is awesome and it's going to save you some money when it comes to the next steps that I'm going to tell you to do. So the first thing you get is unlimited use of their of their simulators, right? Their practice base. Some use the about golf simulator. That's not the most accurate thing in the world. Occasionally, you'll find a PGA Tour Superstore that has uh, GC2s in it, which is awesome. You can get some pretty good stats from that. So um, that in and of itself is worth it. If you live in a place where it rains a lot or it's super hot or super cold, um, I think that's a pretty good deal by itself. 
But the other part of it that's really cool is you get 30 regrips included in your $99. No, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, two bucks a regrip. If you buy clubs a lot, you're changing out grips a lot. You want to try different grips, things like that. It's a pretty good deal, right? Two bucks a grip, you get 30 of them, 60 bucks. Then you use a simulator three times. You've made your money back right there. And then also to add on to it, you get half off of all their all their club club uh, club building services, their club repair services. Now, sometimes stores can be hit or miss. A lot of people will actually go in and bash big box stores like PGA Tour Superstore for the quality of their club building. Look, I will tell you there are better club builders out there. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that if you go to a specialized club builder. I know one here in Dallas, Golf Tech. I had them work on my driver to add hot melt to it. Um, but when I need a regrip done or I need a shaft shortened, I know there are certain guys at the PGA Tour Superstore that I trust to work on my clubs and I like them working on it. And they do a pretty good job. So I don't have any problem dropping my clubs off there. High quality work, use of the simulator. It's going to save you some money, especially with the next part that I'm talking about. So the next step that I say in preparing for the season is to find yourself a grip that you like and regrip all your clubs. Now you're probably wondering, do I really need to do that? Absolutely you do. Everyone tells you to do it once a year. I don't see any harm in doing it once a year. I, I do it once a year just because I like the feeling of a new grip. I probably don't need to do it this year. I didn't play nearly as much golf as I had hoped, but I'm going to do it anyways because I like the feeling of a new grip. It inspires confidence, and it makes your clubs look better. Right? I'm a guy who loves the way my clubs look. I love the way they feel in my hand. I want everything to be great. And when, they're, when it's a new grip, it can completely transform a club. If you analyze your bag and you're like, man, my irons feel kind of worn out. I don't know if I really like them that much, blah, 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 blah. Try regripping them. Right? If you're like, I kind of like the heads, but they're just not feeling right, that, try to regrip them. They'll look better. Every I used to do, like when I would do club repair for uh, Dick Sporting Goods, I would, I would do a regrip on a set of I2 irons that were like 20 years old, and they're awesome. It made them look great. made them feel great. They're just it, – it completely changes the club. You ever change the tires out on your, on your car and you're like, oh, this is how a car is supposed to drive. And this is how it's supposed to feel like when I drive a car. It's the same way with golf golf grips. Just consider it part of your your um, yearly maintenance, right? With your car, every year you got to change out fluids, and you got to go get your oil changed every three thousand miles, five thousand miles, whatever, however often you do it. But it's just routine maintenance. It's something you do every year to extend the life of your clubs, to make your clubs feel better. To make you play better. The grip is the only part of the club that we touch. So it's a really important aspect of, of, of the golf club. So definitely find you a grip you like and regrip. Now, I know that it can be overwhelming. Sometimes you walk into PGA Tour Superstore and there are, you know, 60 different grips from Golf Pride and Lampkin. You got Super Stroke out there with the swinging grip. Win. You got everything. If you actually go to my YouTube page, there's I did a Golf Equipment 101 segment on grips, right? And I talked about all the different types of grips, cord, rubber, multi-compound. I talked about I, wind grips. I talked about all of them, right? And some of the benefits and disadvantages of it. I'll link that in the description so that you can check it out. 
check that video out. It'll give you a lot of information. Now, if you don't want to check that out, maybe you're busy, you're listening to this while you're driving, you're not going to remember to check it out. There's a couple of big, big grips out there that everybody knows, everybody plays that are the most popular. The most popular one you're going to see is the Tour Velvet. That's what comes on most new clubs. Okay, most new clubs are going to have a Tour Velvet on it. It's the most played grip throughout the world. A variation of it is the Lampkin Crossline. You'll see that as well. Um, but overall, Tour Velvet is a rubber grip. It's worked for decades. Everybody and their mother uses it. It's been around forever. If you want a little bit of uh, cord in your grip, maybe you get sweaty hands or maybe you like to play in the rain a little bit. Something with a little bit of cord may help you hold on to that grip a little bit better. Something like a uh, multi-compound from Golf Pride, the New Decade multi-compound. Um, that's a great grip. It, it's got cord in the upper and the upper hand for you righties that's your left hand, for you lefties that's your right hand. Um, so it's going to give you a little bit more grip so that you can hold on to that club a little bit more, especially in wet conditions. Um, and then the lower hand is going to be a rubber, a little softer um, compound. A little bit softer rubber on the bottom hand since it doesn't have the glove on. Be a little bit softer, give you a little bit more uh, feedback there. So that's a uh, that's a good option. And then if you really want that cord, that sandpaper feeling, Golf Pride has the Z grip. Um, I don't like it. it. Makes my hands feel terrible. Feels like I'm swinging a piece of sandpaper attached to the shaft. I hate it, but people swear by it. People love it. So if you want something like that, maybe a little bit firmer feel, maybe a you want that rough feeling, try the, try the Z-Grip. Something a little bit softer, you want really soft, you're not, you don't care about the durability, check out wind grips, things like that. Another thing to be aware of is you want all your grips to be the same size for the most part, okay? You also want them to be pretty close in feel because you don't always want massively different feels going from one club to another. Me personally... I like to have all of my groups have the same feel, have the same grip, right? So for all my woods, I like them to all have one type of grip. All of my irons, I like all of them to have a uh, uh, same feeling grip, including my hybrids. I include my hybrids with my irons because typically I'm playing them from the fairway like I would a uh, an iron. And then all of my wedges all have a, all, they all match as well. Now, you can match all of your clubs. I sometimes do that. Sometimes I don't. Depends on how I feel. Um, for instance, I like um, corded grips in my wedges. Since I'm playing a little bit more delicate shot, I like to feel the club in my hand a little bit more. So I use a cord grip in my wedges. I used to use a cord grip in my irons, but I didn't really like it all that much. And so I moved to a rubber grip. And then my woods, I use a standard tour velvet. I just like the plain old rubber feeling grip. Um, this year, I'm probably going to combine my woods and my irons together, keep a cord grip on my wedges because I do like that cord feeling and I feel more connected to the club. So definitely something to be on the lookout for. Make sure they are pretty even in size. You want them all to be the same in size. And then make sure they feel pretty comparable to each other. Um, you don't want to have a random grip on your five iron, a random grip on your six iron, a random grip on your eight iron, and then a, a completely random grip on your four hybrid, right? Make sure everything matches for the most part. You don't have to go all 13 of one. Maybe you go your woods and your irons together, your irons and your wedges and your woods are different. Just get them feeling the same.
Alright, so now that we found a group we like, we are going to regrip all the clubs that we've decided we're going to keep this year. Okay, because the last thing you want to do is pay for a regrip, pay for a new grip on a driver that you're gonna get rid of. Okay, so after we've done that, after we found that grip and we've regripped them, if you do decide on new clubs, it's time to schedule a fitting. Now's the time to get fit so that you can try to make sure you have all your clubs before the season starts. Nothing would be worse than ordering your clubs late March for an April for an April tournament or that first weekend in April you already set aside the first tea, first first uh first tea time you've already paid your green fee, you're ready to go and you don't get your brand new driver, right? That would suck. But if you can do it late February, that gives companies a month, month and a half because everybody's doing it right now, right? So it's going to give time for those back-ordered components, those back-ordered heads to come in and get you squared away. Now, where are you going to go get a fitting? Doesn't matter. Just make sure you get fit for your clubs. I was fit for my irons. It's having worked in the industry and know a lot about golf clubs, I know a lot about equipment. I know exactly what I'm looking for when it comes. I self-fit my driver, right? And there are ways you can kind of figure out what you like, what you don't like. But the best way to do it is to pay somebody a hundred bucks to look at your to look at you swing and get you fit for the proper club. The, the other thing you don't want to do is argue too much with your fitter about, oh, well, I really wanted this shaft. Well, it doesn't fit you, right? The fitter is there to help you play the best golf that you can. So when you are scheduling that fitting, make sure that you go in with an open mind, ready to go and ready to play pretty much whatever they recommend to you. Um, so pay attention to the numbers. You're going to want to look at the numbers. I also have a story on the blog. If you go to the blog, there is a whole section on getting fit. So I actually did a series on getting fit and what numbers you should kind of look for when you are getting fit. So go back, check that out, and that'll give you all the numbers, everything you want to do. Definitely go read when it comes to driver, iron, wedges, putters, anything like that. Now, if you aren't getting new clubs, let's say you want to keep your irons. The most important aspect of a fit, in my opinion, when it comes to irons and wedges is lie angle. We talk a lot about getting your lie angles checked, but most people play stock lie angles and it baffles my mind. Okay, Me, personally, I play my clubs short. And flat. I have longer, I'm short, but I have longer arms, so I need them a little bit shorter. And when I do that, when I make the club shorter, my toe sticks up, so I need them about two, even three degrees flat. So I play a very flat golf club, and that was through trial and error. Okay? Now, there are a couple of ways you can do a, a, a fit for your lie. You're often going to see places do a lie board. I hate a lie board. I think lie boards lie. That's something that was taught to me in 2012, and it has been proven correct time and time again. Every time I talk to somebody and I talk to them about a lie board, a fitter, or somebody in the industry, they all pretty much say lie boards lie. Okay? Now, that's not to say that it's a bad idea to hit, hit off there, but there are definitely better ways to get fit for lie. The easiest way to get fit for lie is to do what is called the Sharpie test, okay? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna draw a line 
down the middle of a golf ball, okay? And I am going to do this on my own for my own clubs uh, tomorrow, actually. I'm going to film it. I'll post it on YouTube, um, and we are going to get that done to kind of show this to you. But how you do it is you take a golf ball, and then you get a Sharpie, and you do a Sharpie all over the back. You can also use a dry erase marker. That may wear off a little bit more. It may not be as easy to see. Everywhere that I've ever seen this done, they use a Sharpie. What you do is you get that Sharpie, and you do a big, thick, thick, wet line down the middle of the, of the, of the golf ball. And then you set that straight up and down. So you set that line straight up and down, and then you get your club, and you take a full swing, and you hit it. And what's going to happen is that line is going to come over onto your golf club. And then based on how it's pointing, how that line is pointing, tells you how you need to bend your clubs. All right, so if it's pointing out towards the toe, you're going to want to flatten it a little bit. If it's pointing towards the heel, you're going to want to raise it up a little bit. Like I said earlier, lie angles are the most important aspect of a iron fitting, in my opinion. Lie angles can be changed. If, if you ordered your club at three degrees flat like I have, and you go out and you play golf for two years, and you go out and you test it, the ground can beat up those lie angles and knock your lie angles out of whack, right? You can start hitting the ground, and eventually that soft metal, like I use a forged glove, those Strixons can get bent out of shape just a little bit. It can it can go from three flat to one up. It can or three flat to two flat or one flat. It can just kind of do that. So it's definitely something you want to do every year. Now, if you're worried about the sharpie sticking to your golf club, a little bit of rubbing alcohol takes that right off. You don't have to worry about that at all. So once you've done that, start playing around with getting them bent. Now, like I said. If you join the PGA Tour Superstore, do their $100, you're going to get that for half price. They can bend a club. Now, there is some risk to bending a club. They could break your club at the hosel. It's never happened to me. Knocked on wood, it's never happened to me. But I have heard that it happens to others. Now, what can cause that most of the time is somebody put too much pressure on and didn't bend it slow. You always want to bend slow. And then two is they tried to bend it too much, right? They went from three degrees flat to one degree upright. Most metal doesn't like moving that much. It's very hard to do. So be aware of that. Know that there is a risk going into it. But that would just be something you want to pay attention to. In addition to lie angles, the other very important aspect of your golf club is the loft. Loft can also be knocked out of spec by repeated hits to the ground especially if you hit off mats. If you hit off mats and you come in at a steep enough angle, it can knock it two degrees off. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to use the simulator, right, that you just paid to use. You're going to want to check your gapping in your clubs, okay? So you want to give yourself 10 to 15 yards between clubs. You want to make sure all of your distances are covered. The last thing you want to do is have a five iron that goes 190, and a six iron that goes 180 maximum on both of those, right? What's going to happen if you have 185? You're going to take a little bit off the five iron or you're going to push the six? Try to cover everything that you can. 
right? And the last thing you want, in addition to that, is you don't want to go from 190 to 170. Well, what if you got 180, right? What I have personally is I find my club that goes 150 yards because I find myself aiming at the 150-yard marker. I play a 400-yard hole. That's pretty typical. I go for the 150 marker. My driver carries 250. I'm going to be around that number, right? I'm going to be around that 150 in. So I base everything off my 150-yard club, which is an 8-iron with the Strixons, okay? When I moved to recoil shafts, I picked up half a... I, I lost some spin, but I kept my launch conditions okay to where it was okay to lose that spin. And in exchange, I moved down a club. So it used to be my 7-iron, now it's my 8-iron, right? So my 8-iron goes 150. I now want my 7-iron to go 160. I want my 9-iron to go 140. Then I want my pitching wedge to go 130. Then I want my gap wedge to go 120. My 54 degree, 110. My 58 degree, 100. Right? My 7 iron goes 160. My 6 iron goes 170. My 5 iron goes 190. Right? I got a gap there. So I got to figure that out. Do I... How important is 180 yards to me? How important is 170 to me? Am I hitting that often? If I am, then I need to go and bend my 5-iron weak because my next club, my 4-iron, hits missiles, right? If I got 195 to the green, do I need my 5-iron to get there? Or can I use my 4-iron, which goes 200, and then I take the chance that I mishit it a little bit, right? I'm more likely to mishit my 4-iron than I am my 5-iron. So you just kind of got to play around with it. But make sure you have consistent gapping in your clubs. Right, Because you don't want those huge gaps. You don't want a 20-yard gap. And that could be something as simple as a loft. Right, your, your pitching wedge when you got it was 45 degrees, and now it's 47 because you keep practicing with it. It's awesome that you practice with it, but now it's 47 degrees, and your, your gap wedge is 50. Now you got 3 degrees, not 5 degrees. Right, So these are things you need to think about. And look at it. Make sure that that gapping is correct. If they're not, you can get it fixed. You can fix it. We can get those lofts reset. We get the lofts reset. We get the lie angles back to where they want, where you want them or what fits you. And you're going to have brand new clubs. Between that, new grips, your, your gapping and your lie angles are going to be correct. That's like buying brand new clubs. And it costs you 150 bucks, Right? Whereas if you were to buy a U-set for 150 bucks, you got to do all this stuff anyways. So now it's 300 bucks. Your clubs may not be in as bad shape as you think as long as you get everything checked. It takes some time. It takes some effort. But if you're going to take it serious and you want to play your best golf, make sure your equipment's all together. Right? Baseball players aren't going out with cracked bats. Um, football players aren't going out with one shoulder pad missing. Half their shoulder pad's missing. Like... Make sure your equipment's in shape. They're not going out with half the cleats gone on their on their spikes. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get your clubs right. It costs you 150 bucks. It's routine maintenance. It's the thing you got to do every year, just like you have to take care of all of your things. If you take care of your things on a year-to-year -year basis, they're going to last longer. 
So if you want to play this game and keep it as inexpensive as possible, do these things to your clubs. It'll make them last longer. The next thing that you need to do to take care of your clubs and get ready for the season is clean them. I know it sounds basic, but clean your clubs. I do a basic clean after every round. I do it after every round. I hit them with a wet rag, maybe a toothbrush, depends. Hit them with an old toothbrush, wet rag, clean out the grooves. It cleans them up pretty nice. And then if they get real dirty, maybe I play it after some mud. I'll soak them in hot water and clean them that way. But then before the season starts every year, what do I do? I get the lie angles. I do everything. I do all my testing that I need to do. We get everything squared away that way. And then my clubs are dirty and they need a good cleaning. So I soak them in water. I let them sit there. I, I knock all the mud off. Don't tell my wife, but I sometimes use car polish or uh, chrome polish. I've bought chrome polish from uh, AutoZone and I've polished my clubs before. It makes them look great. They look fantastic, right? Make them shiny. Make them sit in the corner. And, and it's just going to get you super excited for the season, man. It's going to just get you really excited to interact with your clubs again. They're going to look brand new. Just clean them, hit them with a, a microfiber cloth, a, a old toothbrush, scrub them, get them clean, clean out the grooves. So that first round, you have no excuses. You're going to be so excited to go. And the final thing to do, the final thing to make sure you're ready for the season, clean out your golf bag. You do not need a one year, you don't need a year old granola bar. You don't. You don't. That old banana that's sitting in there, get rid of it. The peanut butter crackers, where there were six in the pack and you ate two, get them out. You can get new crackers. Don't worry about it. Get them out. Get them out. Throw them suckers out. All right? All the old receipts from your tea times, trash them. You don't need them. Why do you need it? Why do, why do you need it? You don't need it. The, the hot dog receipt from the turn back in July, throw it out. Get it out. It's going to make. Your, it's going to make your bag lighter, right? You're going to, it, it's all going to be lighter, right? Which just makes it easier to carry. The other thing that you can do is you can reorganize your bag. Maybe you, you didn't like where you had your water bottle last year and you know, maybe I can find a new spot for it here or things like that. What I do is I clean my clubs. I put my clubs in exactly where they're supposed to go. Because throughout the season, they don't get put back in the right slots. I put them in there. I get my water bottle. I put it in the bag so it looks all official. I, I reorganize it. I take all my golf balls out, and I clean all my golf balls. I clean my golf balls. I hit them with a wet rag. Clean them out. I mark my dozen golf balls before my first round every year. For my first round every year, my first round in like April, that's not just going to be like a mud winter round. I will wipe down my golf balls. I mark all my golf balls. They all get their little red dot that they all get. It, it's it's just a great feeling to look back at your clubs and they're shiny and they're pretty. They all have new grips. They're all in the right slot. Your bag looks great. All my head covers look great. I'll wash my head covers. I have a leather three-wood cover. I hit it with a wet rag. Looks great. Get compliments on it. I've had it for five years, six years. Love it. Love it. Definitely clean out that bag. Reorganize. Get the accessories that you want to start the season, right? Maybe you're a guy who um, has a cool golf towel. Put your golf towel on your golf bag. It'll look really cool. Wash it. Put it on your golf bag, okay? Me personally, I 
have new golf tees this year. I, I'm part of Team Evolve, right? The Epoch tee. The, it's a great tee. I like it. I talked with their CEO at the PGA show. I like his product a lot. I've used this product before. I even did that. I put them in my bag. They went in the T slot, right? I went through and I redid my sunscreen and my my bug spray. I put those in a different slot because I didn't use them nearly enough last year because I didn't think about it, right? I took all my accessories, my ball markers. My wife got me a copper ball marker uh, three years ago, four years ago. I put it in a slot that I'm much more likely to grab it. I put it in the little valuables waterproof part where I put my wallet and my keys. Go through, think about that stuff. Reorganize your golf bag. You're going to have so much fun doing it. It's going to take up a Saturday. Throw on the PGA tournament. Throw on the podcast. Listen to that week's podcast while you soak your golf clubs and you scroll through my blog. You do. You just get hyped for golf season. While you watch the Players' Championship, what I want you to do is I want you to clean your clubs reorganize your bag, get ready for the season. All right, so that's what I do. I analyze my bag. I go to the PGA Tour Superstore. I buy that membership because I know that I'm going to use the regrips. I know that I'm about to get a lot of work done to my clubs. I find a grip that I like and I regrip. All right, this year, I already did that process. I've already found the grip that I like. I haven't regripped yet because it's not quite that time, but I know what grip I'm using. I'm using Tour Velvet this year. That's going to go on my woods all the way through my irons. Wedges, they're going to stick with what they got, had last year. Still in good shape. They're cord. I put some sandpaper to them, cleaned them up. They look great, feel great. All right, so we got that. Next up after that, if you're going to get new clubs, if when you analyzed your bag, if you decided that you wanted to get a new driver, new three-wood, new hybrid, you're going to schedule your fitting. Schedule that fitting now. Get that fitting done now because you want to make sure that you get, the, you get it so that your clubs are in in time. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than seeing that long brown box on your on your porch and then knowing that you're going to have a cool-looking head cover in your bag, a new head cover. All your friends are going to ask you about it, all right? And if you decided not to get new irons, right, maybe you decided to not get new irons, not get new wedges, go back through, do some yearly maintenance on it. Check your lie angles. Check your lofts. You want to get them bent back to what it is, to what you expect. Get the lie angle checked out. Get the loft checked out. After you do that, your clubs are going to look and feel brand new. They're going to they're going to they're going to feel brand new. You're going to start striking the ball better hopefully cuz your lie angle is going to be right. I've seen lie angles make a guy hit a huge slice. If you adjust lie angle 3 degrees, it can totally affect your ball flight. So, get that checked. After you do that, you should be hitting them a little bit better because your lie angles and your lofts are going to be right. right? After that, you're going to clean them. You're going to bring them home. You're going to soak them in water. You're going to scrub them with the toothbrush. You're going to dry them with a the microfiber. They're going to be shiny. You're going to remember why you fell in love with those golf clubs. I know I'm talking like it is a woman in your life or a man in your life, and you're going to remember why you fell in love. But after you clean those golf clubs, after you've done all your testing and stuff, and they don't have dirt in the grooves, and they're just shiny and pretty you're gonna love them and then finally what you're gonna do is you're gonna clean out your bag and you're gonna reorganize it you're gonna get rid of all the old stuff start a burn pile right i mentioned just now it sounds like a woman or a man in your life you're you're going you're breaking up with last season you're gonna start a burn pile 
You can put everything in the pile, a.k.a. the trash. You're going to get rid of all those old receipts. You're going to re... You're going to start new. So the burn pile is going to burn. You're going to start new with your golf bag, everything in it, and you're going to have an awesome season. You're going to go out. You're going to shoot your record score this year because you listened to me and you actually got ready for the season rather than your friends calling you three days before your tea time and you going, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be there, and then you forgetting all about it. Do it now. Get everything situated now. It's going to get you excited for the season. It's going to make your clubs perform better. Do it. You're going to love it. Until next week, folks, start working on your bag. Start analyzing your bag. Go to my YouTube page. Check out my stuff on grips. Go to the blog. Check out how I told you what to look out for during a fitting. I've told you everything you needed to get the season started right. Everything I do to get my season started right. Until next week, hit them straight. Have a great week. Twirl gang, twirl gang. Give me that driver, I let it bang.